This last year flew by, in my estimation. I don't know for anyone else, but it was one of those years where I come to the end of it, and I realize I'm in 2013, and I thought, wow, I feel like 2012 just got started. I mean, it just disappeared from my, my whole view. And I was here for all of it. I mean, it wasn't checked out. I mean, a lot of things happened. Maybe that's part of it. But I thought, man, it feels like we just started last year, and it's already over, or we're moving on to something new. A lot happened, obviously, for Acts Church as well, too. And that's part of my goal this morning is to be able to talk to you guys, not just about what happened in the world last year, but what happened in our church last year. There was some really awesome stuff. The, to blow your mind, obviously, about how fast the year goes. Last year, the messages that we spoke, we went through too fast, too slow, just right. Anyone remember that like it was just yesterday? Yeah. He is Seed, I am Seven, Samson, Excuses, Excuses, Sun Stand Still, At the Movies, Guardrails, Heartbeat to Hands and Feet, and Five Days Till Doomsday. That was our year. Isn't that crazy how fast it just disappears if you were here for that? We did a lot of cool kindness events. Man, we had really awesome opportunities to serve in our community in this last year. Really cool stuff. We did our block party like we've done in the past. This last year, we did uh, Hometown Halloween for the third time. We had some of the, the biggest attendance we've ever had come to participate in our things. We did Miracle on First Street, which was a record attendance that we've ever done, more kids than we've ever had in the past before. We did our City Lights Tour again this year. We did Christmas Care again this year, which we served more children than we've ever done before, partnering with Harvest Community Church. And like I've said, if you've been here in the last few weeks, we gave away over $30,000 worth of toys together through donations. I mean, crazy, awesome stuff in only the course of, of one year. But I thought what was really cool, too, is, is obviously us as a church, some of the things that we're, obvious, we're, we're usually excited about is, is what's going on that, that we can really grasp a hold of here. And I thought these are pretty interesting. We try to keep track as much as we can because we think that numbers are really important because numbers represent people. So we try to keep track of the numbers as well, too. This last year was exciting for us. We had our highest attendance ever in a service. We had 160 people here on Easter Sunday, which is awesome considering that two years ago we had 17. Giving increased to match our expansions as we grew as a church, as we continue to push forward. And that's what we're always doing is looking for how we're going to become the next church, basically, of what our community needs. Last year, in a small community like this, we had over $70,000 worth of giving in our church. Awesome awesome amount of generosity. Last year, this one really blew my mind. We had over 250 visitors come in our doors last year to our church service on a Sunday morning. That's an average of over five a week. That's crazy. That is insane. We visited churches when we got here, who the last person who visited was there six months ago. We have an average of five every single week. Man, that's amazing. Churches would kill to have those kind of numbers. But what's even more amazing, obviously, is that in this last year, we had 30, 30 people give their life to Jesus for the very first time. 30 people. Absolutely. Absolutely. On top of that, tons of other people recommitting their life, getting their, their faith re- reignited in their life. But those are 30 people who came in who we had never had a relationship with, and they gave their lives to Jesus in this location. Following up with that, we had 31 people follow in baptism and basically take that next step forward in faith. Those numbers are amazing. 
man, they're, they're miraculous, to say the least. Especially when you consider not just that 30 is an awesome number, but when you consider that we're a church of, say, only 120. Well, 30 is pretty amazing when you're talking about that. You're talking about the fact that you have a considerable portion of your church, brand new people giving their life to Jesus. Are they all here? No, not right now, but we know this story, don't we? How many of you guys, when you first gave your life to Jesus, it was a little bit of back and forth? Yeah, it was my life. It was my life. And that's the thing is, is, is everyone here right now? No, but that just means we need to pray harder because we're believing that obviously people who do come in, 250 visitors, we're going to give them a positive taste of what it means to be a Christian, a positive taste of what a church is because you say, well, why, why aren't they all here? Well, some people don't want to be in church yet. Some people aren't ready to be in church yet. Some people don't connect with what our church is. But we're giving them a positive taste of what Christianity is. And those 30 people, a lot of them are here. A lot of people who did give their life to Jesus are here. But some that walked away, I mean, we're believing that the Holy Spirit is going to bring them back here to another church, to another place where they can activate their faith. And it's exciting and it's awesome to be part of something like that. And I do think what, what Emma actually said during worship was really, really true. Is that you can just walk past those numbers. You can just walk past them and say, well, that's really cool. But man, like I said, there are churches, men who would kill for numbers like this. And let us not get so used to amazing things that we don't stop and wonder at them every once in a while. The amount of stuff that happened in this church in one year is astronomical, especially when you consider a small group of us misfits that basically cast our hats together, right? It's amazing, and it is worth celebrating. For you guys who've been here in this last year, and you believe that God did something miraculous, let's join together, and let's give God a round of applause for how good he is right now. He is a good God, and what he's done has been amazing in this last year. Now, there were some goals that we didn't accomplish, I won't ever lie to you and hide things from you as a church. There were some goals that we had set that we didn't make it to. But does that mean that we failed? No. That just means we got more work to do. It means that we're moving forward with it. One of them is that we really, really wanted to push last year and said, we want to start a second service at a different location. And we weren't able to accomplish that. But I can tell you this. Standing at the beginning of this year, we are astronomically closer to making that a reality than we were a year ago. We are so much closer and ready to be able to do something like that. Yeah, if you want to give a round of applause, feel free. But in other good news, we did accomplish a goal that we never even set out to do last year. So congratulations to that. If you guys didn't know, last year wasn't part of our goal package, but it did end up happening last year as you guys married off your lead pastor. So congratulations. Um, You married him off. Continuation life, if you guys didn't know, my wife is standing right over here. Aim, if you want to wave real quick. Anybody who doesn't know my wife, that's Amy. Um, now Amy Graper. I roped her and put a ring on it. <laughs> but, so we accomplished another goal that we never even thought we were setting out to do um, in 2012, obviously. Um, me getting married. Here at Axe, one of our favorite things to do is, is to keep things simple. To keep things simple, and what I mean by that is I mean uncomplicated and understandable. We love when we can do that. 
One of the biggest compliments that I love out of all the different things people can say to me when they talk about the messages that I give or the way that I speak, I appreciate any feedback I get, but the, the one that always really, really makes me, makes me proud is when people say, man, that was so clear and understandable. Because that's what I, what I love to do. I believe that the Bible is the most miraculous book on earth, that the story of Jesus is the most amazing story in the universe. And when people can say, man, that made sense, I say, man, thank you. That's exactly what I want to hear as a preacher. I don't need to shoot over top of people's heads. I don't need to try to use a bunch of big words and impress you with, with the faith or the knowledge that I have. What I want is to be able to speak to you something and you just say, man, I understand that. It makes actual sense to my life. I can actually change something. I can actually do something with my life based on that principle. And that's exciting to me. There's this one time back in the Bible, and Jesus was, was walking around. There's this Pharisee who's a, a religious uh, teacher, basically. And he's trying to trip up Jesus, man. They were, they were left and right. They're looking for holes and trying to pick at Jesus' theology and trying to find a way to discredit this guy. And this guy comes up with a good one. While they're all sitting around there, everyone's talking. He says, now Jesus, in your estimation, which one of the commandments is the most important? And you've got to figure everyone for a second kind of went like, ooh, right? That's a good question. Man, this guy, he's got him with this one. I mean, of all those different laws that were given, the Ten Commandments, all this different Jewish law, which one's the most important? You can just see everyone kind of stepping back and thinking, uh-oh. And this is a hard one, right? And you can almost just feel those Pharisees. They're thinking, man, we got him. We got him good right now. Jesus responds in Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven 37-40. He says this, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But a second is equally important. I think that's important to us too. It's not that the first one was the first most important commandment, and this was the second most important commandment. He says the second is equally important. He says these two go together hand in hand. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Man, Jesus takes and he just hits, I mean, a home run. Just right out of the park, right? He says, this is it. He says, if you want to know what the most important commandment is, says, it's for you just to love God with everything you have. He says, and then love to the person who's next to you, your neighbor. And later on, people even ask him about who's my neighbor, and he basically shows your neighbors, everyone around you, anybody who you encounter. He says, so love them as yourself. And he says, these two are equally important, basically saying this is, this is the one greatest thing you can understand. In another statement, one time when he was talking to a man, a guy basically reiterated this statement to him, and Jesus said, if you do that, just that, he says, you will inherit eternal life. The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said that covers it enough that he says with truth, if you can just get that down, you're going to make it. Well, I think that's awesome because basically when it comes down to it, what, what Jesus was saying is that when you boil it all down, the greatest commandment is to love God and love everyone. And that's where we got our tagline. That's where we got our mantra. If you ever wonder what we're known for, Acts Church, love God, love everyone. That's who we are. 
That's what our vision is. We thought, if Jesus can boil it down that simple, then why on earth would we want to complicate it? He says, that's it. Love God and love everyone. Pursue those two things. Man, and all the rest will work itself out. Focus on that. And that is what our church is about. That's what Acts is about. That's, that's our identity. And we will fight to never lose that intention. Let me tell you that I'm already very, 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 very stoked about 2013. Very. Man, I can tell you that as, as we stand at the beginning of 2013, I can see so much potential, so much possibility. But what are we going to do? We're going to love God and we're going to love everyone. Our vision stays the same, but we have great new ideas, great ways for us to pursue those two things in ways that we never have before. First of all, loving God. I want to tell you that we have messages planned that I believe are going to engage and change your life like never before. That we have messages that are going to dig deep into our faith that as well are going to be clearly spoken, outward focused at times to be able to bring people into and where they can meet Jesus at an easy entry point. That these weekend experiences that we do on Sunday mornings and hopefully, maybe this next year, Saturday nights as well too, that these weekend experiences are going to keep you guessing. They're going to keep you interested. They're going to be experiences that you're going to be able to hang your hat on for meeting God. When it comes to loving God, I believe that there's going to be opportunities in this next year for you to grow your faith like never before. One of the things that I'm most excited about is something that we're, we're starting this next year. Um, and it's kind of been here, but we're going to make it really, really uncomplicated and understandable in this next year. Very simple. And it's called our GT, which is called our growth track. And it's something that we want to introduce for every single person at Acts Church to say that we believe that there was something that Jesus started a long time ago. There was something that Jesus started with every single person who he met. And it was something that he kind of put them on alongside of them. And it was a way that they developed their faith from square one to a place where they were really, really fully devoted followers of Jesus. And that's what we call our growth track. And what our track is, is we believe that every single person is loved, saved, educated, trusted, and released. We believe that every person you see who interacted with Jesus, all the people who fall in love with God and move through, those are the basic, simple steps that they go through. That they are first loved, met with God's love. They create a relationship with Jesus. They create a relationship with God. They become educated in their faith, their knowledge, their, their understanding grows. They have opportunities to serve and to use that faith in awesome ways. And then that God would even release them to follow the passion and the calling that he's put them on. That's our growth track as well. We, unfortunately, we're not that smart. Because every one of our good ideas we steal from the Bible. <laughs> we're not that smart. If you ever think, man, that's, that's wise. Can't take any credit for it. We pull it out of the Bible. That's what we do for all this stuff. That whole love God, love everyone. Everyone's like, well, that's wise. Stole that too. Sorry. But this next year, I'm going to invite you to become more intentional about your faith than you ever have before. To become more intentional about your, your faith in Jesus than you've ever been able to before. 
to think about where you're going. What, what track are you on? How is your faith continuing to grow? And that with our growth track, with our GT, basically, as we move forward in this next year, we want to see every single person at Acts Church come from just being loved to a place where they are a fully devoted follower of God. Obviously, the other half of that story is that we're going to love everyone. I honestly believe this, okay? Not just saying this because it's the beginning of a year and I want to impress you guys or make you guys feel good. I believe that we have never been poised at such a great position to influence our community as we are now. That in two years, yes, feel free, absolutely. That in two years we have, we have gained recognition, credibility, understanding, talents, man, that we've gained knowledge. You know, this isn't, this isn't our freshman year now. That we are poised at a place where we have more potential for influence in our community than we ever have before. I tell you that this next year, we're going to do awesome kindness-focused events for our community. That I am going to continually push every single one of you this next year to get involved in our help mission strategy in one way or another to help those who are either hungry, enslaved, lost, or plagued, both in our, in our local area and also to, to get yourself plugged into the idea that you can have global effects on these areas if you actually step outside of yourself and you push. But also, one of the things that I'm really excited about is that we're going to expand our vision of how we can touch a community. We're going to expand our vision, and we're going to expand our mindset The thing I'm most excited about is that in this next year, we're going to look past the idea of just being a church for LaSalle, Peru, and how we can become a church for this Illinois Valley. That in this next year, one of our goals is that we want to begin the process. We want to begin pushing this next year in 2013. That in the next, you know, one, two, three years, that what we can do is we can not just go from being a LaSalle church, that we can become what I would call a seven-city church. That in this area... We have LaSalle, Peru, Oglesby, North Utica, Spring Valley, Ladd, and Delzell, all packed in this tight little area. And that we would expand our vision and say, how can we not just be a LaSalle church, but how can we become a seven-city church that we can affect all of these communities and bring them together? That we can become a church with, with bigger borders than we've ever thought before. I believe that there are multitudes, multitudes of people in these communities that desperately need Jesus And I believe that Acts is the conduit to bring them to him. Why do I say that we need to expand our borders? Do you think it's because I want to make Acts' name more well-known? No. Man, it doesn't do any good for us just to have a big name. The reason why I say that people need to know of us as a church, people need to understand who we are, is because you guys know from experience, when you come here, we speak nothing but Jesus. And this can be an awesome conduit for people to create a relationship with him. John 4.35, it says this, this way. Jesus was talking. And he says, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvesting. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. He was talking to his disciples about the area around it. Basically, these disciples who he is about ready to send out, he says, a lot of people, basically. He says, you, they figure you, you plant and then you got to wait. But the reality is, is he he said basically like, you guys who I'm going to send out, there are so many people sitting around and waiting. And he says, open your eyes, man. The plants are already, they're ready. 
They're, they're, they're ripe. They're ready to be picked. I think it's the same word that God would have for us. There are so many churches that sit and wait and are hoping, that are hoping that people are going to ripen up enough to be able to come into their church. But the reality is, man, is they're already ripe, but you've got to go out and pick them off the trees. They're not going to just fall into your basket. And that we understand that as a church that, that people aren't going to be here. They're in their communities. And we, as the church, say we're going to go out and we're going to find those who are ripe and ready for salvation, ready for Jesus, and introduce them to the Savior that we know. That's why we do what we do. You know, one of the things I'm so sick and tired of, and this isn't that's none of my notes, none of this, is churches who will complain to each other because they feel like the other churches are stealing their people. Well, we would really like to have more people, but apparently they're all at that church. Look, at that church is growing. As if to say that the people in church are the only people who could be in church. Let us not be churches that fight over low-hanging fruit. Is that not the reality? That they just feel like, you must have all the people. Nah, there's a billion ripe fruit. You just got to actually climb that tree. You got to put on some pants and you got to get up off the couch. You got to get some rough hands because you've been climbing trees and working hard. You got to sweat. And that's what our church is, is is poison, the fact that we know that we are never going to sit back, that we are constantly going to push forward because we believe that the fields are already ripe. I believe that the Illinois Valley is at a place where there is time for harvest. Yes, we are continually planting and we are continually watering, but I believe that although that's part of our mission, I believe right now that there are tons who are already ready and ripe for the harvest, that there are many that have presented clearly with the gospel of Jesus, not religion, not just a church, but Jesus, that there are many who are ready to step across that line and start a relationship with him. I believe that in this next year, we're going to see Jesus made famous in ways that we've never had before in the Illinois Valley. You know, these past two years have been really, really awesome. Really awesome. Man, just over two years ago, we started as a church. We began, we launched and said, we're going to be a church. And before we did... I got to spend some time with a bunch of different pastors. And one time I was talking to this pastor in this area, and I was talking to him about the church. And he said, you know, uh, Cameron, what I would think is, <clears throat> if, if you could start a, a faith community, and say if in two or three years you had 50 people in this area, you would really be doing good. You would really be successful. And I said, well, I pray that God would, would do that. I pray that God would do that. Right now, we're the size of the average church in the area. Actually, for most churches, we're a little bit bigger than the average size of churches in this area. Yeah, and that's awesome, right? That's awesome. So we've arrived, right? We're done? We're good? No. No. There are many churches who would get to this size. Where now we're comfortable, right? We have a number of people. Man, there's people who are willing to serve. We're doing stuff in the community. This is cool. Man, we got an awesome kids ministry for you guys with kids. And, and stuff is working. So you figure, this is, this is what we want to do. This is our pace. This is what we're doing. But no. Proverbs 16, 26 says this. It is good for workers to have an appetite. An empty stomach drives them on. I want to tell you that as the pastor of Acts Church, I... I'm still hungry. 
I'm still hungry. That my appetite has not been fulfilled. That I am not full. That I am not done. That I am not already over. That I'm not content with us affecting a small portion of our community. That I'm not content with okay, decent, half-hearted faith. That I'm not content with still many people in the Yolanda Valley not even knowing who we are. That I'm not content with the grasp that we've been able to put forward. Let me say this, and I mean this wholeheartedly, and I hope you hear my heart. I will never be content if there is one more person outside of our church walls who do not know Jesus. If there is one more lost person, if there was... 50,000 people in the Illinois Valley, and we had 49,999, I would stand up on Sunday morning and say, our mission is clear. It doesn't matter if we have 99%. If there's one that's lost, our mission stands the same. It is those who do not know Jesus. That we would never get comfortable and say that we have enough people to be done. People, we exist for those who aren't here. Yeah, I'm here to teach you about Jesus. I'm here to teach you about mission. This is a place where you're supposed to find community. But why do we come together and we do this? It's because Jesus radically changed our lives and now we accept the call to spread that news to every person who doesn't know it yet. That this community, us, we exist for those who aren't here this morning. That's what we exist for. That as a community, we band together and we say that the goodness of God that we know, the grace that has been shown to me so mercifully, must be known by those who are outside of these walls, and we will go and we will serve. I am hungry for more. The Bible says that it's good for workers to have an appetite. I'm going to tell you that mine is not satisfied. I believe wholeheartedly that we are at the beginning of the best year of ministry we have ever had. We're just one week into it. But I believe that at the end of this year, we'll see that this is the best year of ministry that we have ever had to date. And we are at week one. I believe we will see more salvation, more baptism, more visitors this year than ever before. I believe that God is going to use us in ways to band together churches, to create amazing inroads to our communities, to reshape the Illinois Valley with the love of Jesus Christ. I'm hungry for more. But the question is, are you? Are you hungry for more of what God has for you, through you, in this next year? Four years ago, about four years ago, I went to England before we decided to launch this church. And uh, while I was there, I prayed a lot. I was seeking God, and God did some amazing prophetic things. If you want to look back, last year's vision message, I talked a lot about it, and and, and about all these prophetic things that happened to confirm that that we were supposed to launch this church, that we were supposed to start it. And the last Sunday I was there, this woman named Tamsin came over, and she prayed for me. Well, let me take a step forward from that, okay? When we end up moving forward with this church, and and we started to... um, begin, believe. We left the church that we were in, a bunch of different people from one church, from another church, came together, and we, and we started creating a foundation. We started believing God and praying. I thought I really messed up my life because I realized that I was going to be single for the rest of my life. I was 21 years old, 
decided to lead a church plant and become a pastor. And I thought, man, I really just did it. I really did it. Now I'm going to start this church. Not many girls are going to want to date a pastor. Even if they do, even if some girl does, how is it ever going to be appropriate for me to start a relationship with a girl who's going to Acts Church? And I thought, well, maybe outside of Acts Church. And I thought, there's no way because the second date that we had, she'd hate me because all I talk about is Acts Church. She'd be like, enough, enough, enough. When I was there, it didn't come till later that I remember this, that when Tamsin prayed over me, she prayed over all these different things for our church, and then at the end of her prayer, she said, Lord, I know that I see that you're going to bless Cameron with a wife. And he said that you have a woman prepared for him, someone who's supposed to walk with him. I pray that you would, just, you would bless that woman, that you would keep her until they get together. And it, I found it harder to trust those words than, I, than I, I, I had to trust the other words that were given about the church. But it turns out it worked. And the reason why I share that isn't just to try to say, oh, you should be happy for me because I got married. It's this. We know we can trust these words. We know that words that were given to our church can be trusted. God already proved himself faithful on half of that deal. She talked about a church. She talked about a wife. This year, I found the wife. So we can trust the words that were given with it as well. I say this because this. These are what she gave to us. She said, this verse is for you. The scripture is for your church. It's Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. It says this. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you treasures hidden in darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. She said, that's for your church. Those words are trustworthy. Those words are true. He promised that he would do the heavy lifting, that he would level the mountains, he would smash the gates, he would cut through the bars of iron, that he would provide the treasures that are necessary. And we have a trustworthy God that we can believe in for these things. We have a trustworthy God that we can take those words and we can say, we believe that God's going to continue to do all these things. And that is what we've been seeing in the last two years. What we've been seeing is a God who leveled the playing field, who cut down barriers, who knocked down things that should normally stop a church from being able to accomplish what we did in two years. And I'm saying that he's not done. He's not done, that in this next year, I know that he is continuing to work for us, that we are going to continue to move forward, that we are going to continue to lead those who are far away from Jesus close to him. In this next year, we have more opportunities than ever before. I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. But the one question that I have for you guys is, are you hungry too? And it's not about what anyone else thinks, it's about you. But what I want to do is, is I want to commit this next year to the Lord. And if you say, I am hungry for more of what the Lord has, that I am willing to serve, that I am willing to step into this vision and say, we are going to make his name famous. Not Acts Church. You guys are Acts Church. You're Acts Church. So if you say, I'm willing, I'm willing to stand up and say, yes, I'm willing to lead forward this mission, to lead those who are far away from Christ home, to give, to sacrifice, to serve, whatever it takes, that I want to be part of this amazing move of God, what he's doing this next year. You don't have to look around. If you're with me, you stand up and I'm going to pray right now.
God, I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Lord, for the words that you spoke over this church. Lord, for the plans that you have for this church. And I believe, Jesus Christ, that you are going to do miracles through it in this next year. God, that we trust you because you're a God who says that he can do infinitely more than all we ask or imagine. And we believe that. We believe that you're a God who can accomplish anything. God, I pray that in this next year, you would not let us get full, that instead we would have that empty stomach that would drive us forward, that we would be a church constantly looking outward. Lord, I pray, Jesus Christ, that you would um, just commit us to the mission, Lord God, that you would let us walk, Lord God, in this growth track to be able to come closer to you so that we can clearly express who you are to those who don't know you. I pray, Jesus Christ, that through Acts Church in this next year, you would just do miracles in this community, that you would change it. But Lord, never for our glory, never for our name, but Lord, only for yours. I pray, God, at the end of 2013, just as the end of 2012, that we would look and we'd say, there's no way that we could accomplish that on our own. That's not the mark of a good church. It's not the mark of a good pastor. That's the mark of a good God. And we trust you in it, and we believe you for all these things. I commit these people, Lord, to this vision. These who stand and say that they are with it, I pray that you would just, you would work in them to accomplish amazing miracles in this next year. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here. Let's go out and change the world this next year.